Hello and welcome to an hour from Tower Podcast, the podcast that brings you the people and personalities of the College of St. Scholastica. And this episode is pretty monumental because I actually have found a way to like strap this person down <laughs> for more than two seconds. And as soon as I say who it is, you're going to know why. But it's our good friend and dare I say almost St. Scholastica icon, Megan Perry Spears, our dean of students. Megan, welcome. Well, I was in good form late, but I'm here. I'm here. Right. So I'm really excited to do this. Yeah. Glad to have you and glad to finally, like I say, it took me the better part of 13 episodes to find a time where I could actually get on your calendar and say, let's do yeah. this. And, and here we are. So, um, so welcome. Thank I, you. I'm really anxious to to to, uh, to talk to you a bit and, and mm-hmm. learn more. But as we do always on this podcast, first question is: Tell me a bit about kind of your journey here. What brings mm-hmm. us to this point of us sitting here to having this conversation today? Well, I, mean, I think it's it's delightful that today is Saint Scholastica Feast Day yeah. that we're recording this because um, I grew up. I'm a I'm grew up as a Quaker. Um, I grew up in North Dakota, and Quaker in North Dakota. I mean, I my family. Neither of my parents are from North Dakota. My parents met in New York after spending an enormous amount of time in, in Africa and during in war zones and things like that. I mean, so like me ending up in North Dakota is very odd. Me being a Quaker in North Dakota is very odd. Being a vegetarian Quaker in North Dakota, very, very odd, right? But one of the things that we, my family, both my parents are religiously educated and um, and they both went to a place called Union College. And or Union Seminary in New York, and they were very interested in ecumenical things. Now, this you might be like, why is she talking about this? But this is connected to my journey here, especially on St. Scholastic Day, because we did family retreats in every at the monastery, the Benedictine Monastery in Richardson, North Dakota, and my parents went every month. One of them would go every month. One of them would go for a retreat at um, the monastery in. At, 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 where at the University of Mary, but at, um, in Bismarck. That's the one where the women live, the men live in Richerton. And so, and growing up, my family was far away. My, some of my grandparents were dead. So my grandparent figures were the sisters and the, and the fathers at the, and brothers at the, at the abbeys um, and monasteries. So they, the ones who were particularly important in my sort of formation have died and died before I came here, but they would be, we're, you know, delighted that I am at St. Scholastica. And it's just sort of, just, it's sort of a full circle kind of thing. Never in a million years did I think that I would end up at a Catholic school. Yeah. But being at a Benedictine one is like, it's like I've been practicing for this since I was three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, when, when you entered into higher ed work, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think, you did, maybe you did, but I don't, probably don't think you jumped right into a dean of students role like did you work in res life did you yeah. work in other areas how kind of how was yeah. that journey so i um started at um so i was in a high, i was a high school history teacher to start and did that for six years i was a coach a swimming coach um and but i was at a boarding school in and boarding schools are much more common on the east coast i was at a boarding school and very quickly became an assistant dean of students um and i loved the work um, and so I was really enjoyed that I was in charge of the judicial system, and, or the, it was called the Discipline Council, did a lot of that kind of stuff, loved it. Went to graduate school, knew that I, and what I studied was 13 to 25-year-old psycho spirit, sort of their development as human beings, and sort of, there's a whole story about that, but studied that, and when I got out, I was like, well, I can go back to, you know, high schools, I mean, middle school to high school, or... College and I started working at. I had been working at um, at my graduate school's 
um, church that was on campus for four years and then moved over to um, and moved into Res Life at a school called Simmons College in Boston. And so started that and then moved out here to, to so had this sort of education side, was an education nerd, loved pedagogy, then went into higher ed, and then moved into higher ed in Res Life. I did that for a couple of years. Then my family needed to move out here. I married a woman who's from here, and her her father was dying, and so we needed to come back. So we're back. Um, and um, then I got a job over at UMD in first-year experience, orientation kind of a thing. Um, welcome weekend, orientation, and first-year seminar were the things that I did there. And then came here. Yeah. And so... I love the the dean of students part of, um, you know, having had, so I've had campus ministry, res life, first year experience, orientation, that kind of thing. Um, but I love the dean of students part. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a taxing job, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, our paths and kind of roles again we've intersected in different things Mm -hmm. i've been you know maybe a little bit more enrollment Mm -hmm. but certainly the student affairs side in the role but i mean you're dealing with a lot of conduct you're dealing Mm -hmm. with you know you're constantly troubleshooting for students right i mean all Mm -hmm. of those kinds of things some people would want to gouge their eyes out having to do that type of job what is it about the work that you enjoy so much because it is it's it's stressful it's It's a stressful stressful job yeah i think there's something about being able to really welcome people for who they are and being able to walk with the honor of being able to walk with people when their lives are incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes when people are have made either their worst decisions or are at their worst, it's also sort of an opportunity to really help people be their best. Mm-hmm. And um, so I find it incredibly meaningful and rewarding work. Um, even when it's really, really, maybe even especially when it's really complicated. Um, so I think it all, I mean, just, it it also, I mean, I have this, my graduate work was in ministry, and, or in, and so I think that it sort of is, it's a lot like what a pastor or a minister does, like helping people in their lives, and how do you help, there's just something very rewarding about it, and I find it, I find, so I don't know, I don't remember what your question was, but I, I think that I'm, I'm somebody who can hold that and can cannot burn out with. I mean, certainly there are hard days and things like that that are incredibly sad, but it's something that I'm able to do, and so therefore, it's rewarding. And to be able to help people get back into track and have them focus on what they want to be focused on and thriving as human beings, like. Yeah. It's incredibly rewarding and fulfilling work. I was going to ask you how the training that you had in ministry connects with this work here because it's not campus ministry, mm-hmm. but you, know, you started to touch on that. But yeah, I mean, there's got to be, I mean, I use it every you, day. My, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I sort of joke about when I take the, like those strong interest inventory kind of mm-hmm. story or kind of things, like I always show up as a teacher, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but I don't want to be a counselor for yeah. all... I mean, God bless the counselors. God bless the counselors. <laughs> um, not my, you know... And minister, yeah. right, are things that always sort of show up. Yeah. I think the training was perfect, yeah. right? In that because it's about how do you help... If I'm doing my job right, 70, 80% of my time is focused on 
prevention, creating an, you know, preventing bad things from happening, creating an environment in which people can flourish, sort of creating a community where, you know, for in ministry, sort of where your flock can grow and develop and come, you know, but also helping people in the hardest moments of their lives. So in the training of being a minister, you know, death, sickness, you know, like walking with people through incredible tragedies, that's part of what you do. And so how do you help create an environment in which people belong and feel connected and feel like they are seen and known and loved as holy human beings, but also be prepared to walk with them through some of their hardest moments? Um, Mm -hmm. That's what a dean of students does. I mean, like, and so... um, Somebody said to me, asked me the other day, or probably last year, said, you know, oh, would you recommend getting a MDiv for, which is what the degree is called, a Master of Divinity, Um, would you get an MDiv to be a dean of students? I was like, well, no, because nobody does it this way. It's not, it was an odd thing to do, because when I got out, everyone was like, I'm either, I must be a Jesus freak, right? I mean, is there something clearly wrong with me? Because I want to be in a a dean of students, and like, so something's clearly wrong, but... um, I can't, I actually think it's a fantastic preparation for being a dean of students. I use those skills all the time. Um, Helping, you know, meaning making. How do you make meaning? How do you think about story and community? And, you know, you think about helping people understand themselves as holy human beings and as worthy and valuable as individuals, but also as part of a community. And, I mean, all of that, that's... That's what a good minister does. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I struggle with in, in you know do, again doing similar roles throughout my career is y- you bring a certain level. I mean, you bring a great level of passion and dedication to to, to doing that, mm-hmm. and provide resources and provide guidance and handholding and all that. When students, because not all students latch on to that, right? Mm-hmm. And some end up not making great choices mm-hmm. or, you know, not doing well and leaving the institution. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine you find that incredibly um, disappointing, frustrating, challenging. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, because I know I, mm-hmm. I do. How do you manage that feeling of, you know, do you want it? Do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you feel the need to, to save them all for lack of a better term or how do you when when that doesn't work how do you manage that well i think part of it is that i am a big believer that most human beings have a crooked path right so if people can recognize that their worst choices are not the end of the road that they're still a valuable human being that it is while my job is to get them to stay my moral obligation is to help them find a place where they can thrive so it's disappointing when I think that this was possible, but somebody, But it's like, but I believe that most people have a much more crooked path than what the sort of stories tell you. And so as long as they leave, if somebody leaves here and they know that they are capable and valuable and welcome back in this community if they were to choose, I mean, there are a few people who don't end up not being welcome, but most people who leave here would be welcomed back if this becomes the place that they should be, right? right. So it doesn't it, – it's disappointing, but it's not actually – if we can frame it as sort of as an education moment of like we learn mostly by doing. Like, I mean, I can say, you know, make good life choices, and I hope that they will remember that when they're when people are making bad life choices. But really most of the way we learn that we need to go to sleep mm-hmm. and we need to not drink ourselves silly and we need to not – is be – 
by having an experience or two, don't do that, don't, don't drink yourself silly, like don't, just trust me on this. But you know, it's through those experiences that we learn like, oh, that was a bad idea. So I, I think that I rarely, it doesn't disappoint me in some ways because if we can help them to and they leave to know that they are loved and that they are, we are not defined by our worst moments, our holiness and value as human beings transcends that, mm-hmm. that they can make different choices, they can learn from this and hopefully it will become something that well, maybe a painful chapter, a valuable chapter in their lives as they find the path where their humanness can be most thriving. I mean, so I... Yeah, no, I get Yeah, that. so it's just, I mean, I just, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I, a lot of that resonates yeah. with Megan. I mean, I, I totally would agree with that. I think there is this feeling, even of the college of process overall, you've got to make this perfect choice mm-hmm. when you're 18 that it's going it just, to define the rest of your life, right? I mean, it I, just doesn't. It, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who do, but none of my friends. I mean, the people that I love and who I'm in community with, mm-hmm. I can't think of one who had the had a straight path. Yeah. And when we're thinking about helping students and helping them to understand, like. If we are creating saints that are out, meant to go out and be saints for the world and help heal the world, the vast majority of the clients and people we engage with, if somebody is in the hospital, it's because the path didn't go the way it was supposed to. If somebody is in, you know, for PT or OT or, you know, social work, or it means that life didn't go the way it was supposed to. So if you are, so we can learn from that. And it's like, it's okay because the vast majority of people that we, work with something went amiss yeah. so a little empathy about that yeah. is a good thing yeah. like being so. a quaker in north dakota being like a quaker in north dakota right <laughs> exactly you know um you have a, a big painting up on your wall in your office mm-hmm. a bold and benedictine mm-hmm. what does that what does that mean well, let me just give a shout out to the artist. The artist is Heidi Blunt, who is a st- person who worked here, mm-hmm. got her undergraduate here, uh, her undergraduate degree in art, went on to be a art, um, got her master's in art, is now just rocking the artistic world. Um, so shout out to Heidi Blunt. You're amazing. So she just did this with like some of her students or something like that. And like, and I was like, I walked into her office. I was like, I need that. That is brilliant. Can you make me one? And she just took it off the wall and gave it to me. Uh, cool. Brilliant. Yeah. So what does bold and benedictine mean to me? I think that it is my way of thinking about like a, a stance of engagement. When we, are, when we choose, it's about choosing to engage in the communities with bravery, with, I mean, with bravery, meaning like not, we aren't, we are often scared, but that we make it, take a deep breath and we step into engagement. We step into community. We step into you know, hospitality and respect. I mean, when we engage with somebody, you never, I mean, if we're going to be hospitable, you don't know who you're meeting, right? You don't know. What, so it takes a deep breath to say, this person might be more scared than me. Mm-hmm. This, how do I step into engagement? How do I step into community? How do I step into the places that I'm needed? Even if it's scary or even if I'm nervous or even if I'm not sure. So I think the bold part indicates a choice of engagement and that in order to heal the world and to be who we are called to be, we need to boldly, loving our neighbor is not easy. If it were easy, we, would, we wouldn't 
it wouldn't be a commandment, right? But we take a deep breath and we step boldly into relationship. But that relationship is not just bold like a China bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. People might be like, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> sweet coming from Megan. Yeah, that's really rich. Um, but, you know, bold, that, is, that boldness is boldly living out community, hospitality, respect, stewardship, and love of learning. Like, it's a bold choice to live those out. And so it's it's not just boldness for the sake of boldness. It's boldness and Benedictineness. But that being fully Benedictine and living out those values is a is a bold choice and oftentimes countercultural. Um, and if we are going to be the saints the world needs, we need to sometimes we need to every day make choices about living that out in every word, thought, and deed, every interaction making that choice yeah and we set the tone i mean so well again my first time going through and seeing orientation programming here i think we set mm-hmm. that tone you help set mm-hmm. that tone in the orientation work really clearly because yeah it is countercultural right now mm-hmm. especially i think mm-hmm. uh, the last decade or so right. Maybe, right it's been it's been very different you you launched a, a child into this college world this year mm-hmm. um and you know having launched two and about to launch a third myself it's interesting when you do this work and then you send one into it. Talk to me about it. So humbling. Oh, my God. Yeah, how was that process for you? Well, you know, for 25 years, I've been advising parents on how to do this, right? Yeah. Well, one of the nice things is, like, I think I'm right. Like, I mean, I don't think my advice has been wrong, but this is no joke. Like, this is not easy. I... One time, it was my first son's first, so I say, you know, you got to give them space and time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. don't be a helicopter parent kind of a deal, right? All the stuff. And it's true. It's all right. <laughs> and the first day he had classes, <laughs> I was so nervous. It was like, you know, so they had Tuesday was Labor Day and then the next day was the first day of classes. Uh-huh. And I said, and I was like, oh my God, what if he doesn't wake up? What if he doesn't wake up? Oh, so I, so I was like, okay. So it was like 7.40 and I called him. And let it ring. And then I was going to be like, oh, I was going like, to, if he answered, I was going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> butt dial, my bad, right? It was totally not a butt dial. I completely intentionally did it. And and then at one point he was, he called and he it was in the W curve and he was just having a rough day. And I was like, oh my God, we're going down this weekend. And my wife was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, we have to go down. We need to go down this weekend and see him. And she said, well, what would you tell your, tell parents? I was like, absolutely stay away but this is different this is different right it's like it was not different it was exact and he you know he did it exactly beautifully we didn't end up going but it was so funny having all those feelings that parents have been saying and i've been coaching parents through and so i think what i've learned is the advice is right but this is no joke. Yeah. This is no joke. The heart, it is hard on the heart. It is hard on the heart. And, you know, in the enrollment side for me as well, like going on campus tours, like thinking, oh, how is their tour guide? Right. Like, oh, how does that show in, in, our, in our campus? Right. And all of those kinds of things. Like my kids would always say, Dad, can you just be a dad? That's right. Like take all the other hats that you wear off. Can you just be a dad? And it's hard to do that. It's right. Oh, I, and I totally, like at one point we were at a school and they were talking about they had Greek on campus. And so I started to be like, okay, well, tell me about how the discipline system works with that and you know like all that i was like my son's like mom <laughs> shut up i was like i'm so sorry i'm a dean of students i can't help myself right. Yeah, right, exactly. so yeah 
How, you know, the pandemic has changed so much um, about student and student mm-hmm. behavior and student engagement. Um, in the arc of the career from the seat you sit in, how have you seen the changes in students, the changes in parents, the changes in that dynamic? You know, how has that arc changed? Well, I think part of it is we don't know yet. I mean, this is what's so hard. I mean, the, the last couple of years have been clearly the hardest, right? In part because people are behaving in different ways for very understandable reasons. I mean, engagement looks really different. Um, creating... I just think it's, I mean, so much has changed in ways that we just won't even understand or, I mean, the the impact of the of the pandemic, I mean, clearly people are studying and have, have theories and things like that, but like, we're not going to know what the impact of this was on student development for five or six years, right? Mm-hmm. We know that, especially for young people, they grow and develop in their social environments, right? And when we take the social environment away or change it dramatically where it's all online or, you know, highly highly social media connected and all that stuff, we know it's impacting things, right? Many of us are sort of like, this is very worrisome changes. Maybe there's some, po- there's some positive changes as well. But it is, I think it's unnerving for a lot of us because... And we don't, so many of the tricks we have, like we have this toolbox of tricks that we, tricks or strategies for helping students, a lot of them just don't work. Um, And that's unnerving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other thing that is particularly hard is the fading away. That There's always been students who kind of fade away, but I think that the, when people aren't engaged, what I talked about earlier about what makes meaning for me is, helping students but if you're not present it's like it's like sort of sand slipping through your fingers like you can't grab it like I can't grab it so that's the most unnerving part I'm very worried about the lost development I have empathy for that the question is how quickly can people redevelop or sort of will we see a sort of as people re-engage, and I think that for some of the students we're seeing that, like they re-engage into life and sort of can quickly catch up, mm-hmm. but for some people they're not, and what do we do for them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I. I, I think the and the unknown is profoundly unnerving. Right. I, I agree. And. Um, you know, just even watching the patterns. I mean, we de- we we're, we're crunching data and looking right. at these results all the time. Right. It's tr- it's true and it's real and it's not just here. Right. Right. It's right. I mean, it- as well. So mm-hmm. right. Um, you you and I've only known you a short time, but even in this short time that I've known you, you you're not afraid to jump out in front and be seen and you know those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You've dressed as Lady Liberty yeah. on voting day. Right? <laughs> What's some of the craziest things you've done as a dean of students? Ah, well, sort of what do we define as crazy? I mean, clearly, I mean, I I don't even, I'm like, that's not crazy. Dressing is, I mean, getting people to vote, that's not crazy. That's awesome. Like, that's the best day of my job, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, You know, I will, I will, I will do whatever it takes to get people engaged, excited, voting, you know. Um, I've made some stupid mistakes in terms of things like, you know, 
like one time there was this bus that and these kids were crushing on a bus uh-huh. because the bus it was cold uh-huh. and I was like I was afraid they were gonna they were gonna get crushed so I stuck my, my, my wife doesn't even know this sorry Sarah <laughs> I slammed my body in between the bus and the crowd it was down at in, in the end I could feel myself getting picked up and sucked under the bus oh wow um that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was me trying to stop students from getting hurt, yeah. but I did a bad thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So I was trained as an EMT back in college. So I sort of am pretty, I feel like I'm pretty good at sort of, that's, this is not what's the craziest thing, but I've done some things where I'm like, that was dumb. Yeah. I one time wrestled, there was a kid who um, was not one of our students who was exceedingly drunk and completely poorly behaved. And he had a big case of beer and I took the beer from him and he sort of slammed me up against a wall, right? Well, that was dumb, yeah. right? Like, that was a dumb move. Like, right. Megan, I mean, and I'm not somebody who gets sort of physically scared. I played rugby. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of hard to, somebody said, I'm hard to kidnap, yeah. right? I mean, I'm like, I'm not, you know, the smallest person in the world. So, um, but I've done something dumb things like that. In terms of fun, dumb things, I don't think that they're dumb. I think they're yeah. delightful. They yeah. give me great joy. Yeah. Um, I will do anything to support engagement. Yeah. With the exception of I will not anymore do dunk tanks because I did a dunk tank one time. <laughs> it was out on Grove's lawn and the water, because, you know, they put in a, from, it comes straight, basically straight from Lake Superior. It yeah. was so cold. Yeah. Yeah. And so I fall in and my hip, like my hip muscles like cramped <laughs> up and I could, I could barely get myself out. And I'm not the, like, as I said, I'm not the smallest chicken in the world. And so me getting myself wet, soaking wet with a with an old lady hip, yeah. trying to get myself, it was not graceful. Yeah. <laughs> so I, think... I, we, I work so cut from the same cloth in regards that I always say I'll be able to do any, I'll, I'll do anything that relatively keeps my dignity in Right, exactly. Right? Uh-huh. Um, but for the engagement piece, and I think it's part of what makes the job fun, right? Oh, I mean, totally. The best part I always say about these jobs is we get older, but the students stay the same yeah. age, so it keeps us young Absolutely. and energetic. And, you well, know. I'm 32. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but like... I thought, that, I thought you were 25, actually, about, yeah. Well, I, I was 28. For most of my life, I was 28. And then I had the twins, and yeah. they aged me about four years. So yeah. I, I'm 32. Yeah. Um, in my mind's eye, I'm 32, yeah. right? It's, which yeah. is, you know, as you say, things that keep me young. I, yeah. I mean, I'm 32 in my mind's eye. Yeah. Just for the record, to the viewers who were listening who don't know me, I'm not 32 anymore. <laughs> I haven't been 32 for almost 20 years. Yeah. Do you have favorites that you think of, you know, of students that you've worked with? I mean, obviously, the right answer right, mm-hmm. is they're all my favorites. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But, but are there some that stick out in your mind, like, like you just, that yes. just, just, yeah, some that yes. stick out? Yes, I mean, I mean, there's some interns that I've had who are just delightful. I mean, yeah. I get to work with Elliot Johnston, Sarah Stewart. I mean, like, these were people that I worked with at UMD who I loved, right? I loved, um, there's been some interns who are just stunning human beings and just delightful to work with. And then there's some students who didn't make it who will always have my heart. I mean, like, you know, um, and some who barely made it, who, I mean, I think maybe some of the ones who barely made it are some of the ones that I love so much because they... And they gave me a lot of gray hair, so I get to remember them. Um, I just have lots of different. I mean, so many different people are my favorite. Yeah, there's um, a lot of know. there's a lot of reasons to not like social media, but there's a lot of reasons to like it. And I think staying connected. That's right. With a lot of students over the past, like the students that I started working with when I first cut my teeth in higher ed and enrollment, yeah. now are you know approaching mid forties. Right. Uh, and. Um, 
you know, with their own families and kids. Some of them are getting close to launching their kids in right. the school and um, just being able to stay connected with them. I mean, they mean the world to me and, you know, they're yeah. part of our story, right? That's right. So, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. totally. And it's just, yeah. it's been, that's one of the great things about Facebook. And I'm not an Instagram person, but like I started teaching when I was 21, yeah. right? And I was teaching high school. And so it's like, these are my peers, right? I mean, like it very quickly, they became, and they've been my friends yeah. and it's yeah. just delightful to yeah. watch them and, yeah. You know, yeah, it's been delightful. Yeah, no doubt. Um, if you weren't a dean of students at Saint Scholastica, what would you be doing today? Uh, here's the thing: like, I, I don't think. I mean, I, this is where I kind of think I'm supposed to be, right? I mean, like, this is where it's like. I mean, I would probably, I would, pro- I would want to be a dean of students somewhere. Yeah. Like, I like this work. Right. I, I love this work. It is what I'm. I love this work. Yeah. Um, I would want to be a dean of students somewhere. Yeah. I mentioned I, you know, do the strong interest. One of the things that shows up on my thing always that's always sort of surprising is a park ranger. Well, I would have been. I would have been a great park ranger. I mean, a little, little, you know, different every day, working with the public, some adventure, some <laughs> emergencies. You know, putting out fires like this. Much, like I'm sort of like, you know. Um, I don't think that, I mean, people who know me now, like, I wouldn't, you know, I'm very much of the, you know, sedentary arts on the couch. Like, I'm not really an outdoorsy person, but I can see it. Like, that could have been my, but I really think this is the work I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't, I mean, if I'm not here, I'm somewhere else. It's just been, but it's like, I'm in Duluth, which is phenomenal. Right. I'm near my wife's family. My sister, who's a doctor, happened to have a life. I mean, she, she, my sister was a family practice doc or is a family practice doc and when she was matching for looked at for matching for residency looked at um anchorage alaska duluth minnesota and portland maine mm-hmm. well she happened to, to she matched here mm-hmm. right she married a guy and from her residency mm-hmm. they love the lake mm-hmm. so like i married a person from duluth so mm-hmm. like my whole life is now sort of yeah. duluth and yeah. here and yeah. and like i said like i you know i don't really actually believe in you know sort of that your path is written out, and I mean, that's not my theology, but right. it just feels like I've been preparing for working at a Benedictine school since I was three. Sure. Right? So. I hear you write once, say, you mentioned you know, some of your siblings, that you're kind of the quiet sibling? or the more- I'm not quiet. I'm very loud, but I'm sort of the boring one, right? I mean, wow. my, well, I only have one sibling, my sister, <laughs> <Okay>. right? <laughs> but my parents, like, both my parents are remarkable human beings right. with just incredible stories. I mean, have done... You know, my dad was involved in Freedom Summer for two summers. He was the first person, I mean, he was down there after Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman were were killed. He and Rabbi Lelleveld were beaten up just a couple hour, a couple of weeks later, and so um, in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So, but he did that work for two summers, right? My Both my parents were in Africa during wars, um, helping people, my mom and it, both of them in different places. That's a, sort of a whole different story. But I mean, during war is helping people get basic needs, right? Their needs met. I mean, smuggling goods in behind enemy lines in order to get. You know. So, like, they're remarkable human beings. Yeah. My sister, you know, is this doc and does, you know, circumnavigated Lake Superior and spent time in Zimbabwe. Both my mom and, and sister were in Zimbabwe for a while. And I mean, just 
did great, amazing things. So I have actually, like when you think, sort of the more traditional path. Yeah. Um, you know, I taught and then I went to graduate school and then I went. <laughs> so like I have this kind of normal path yeah. and all the rest of them have these just remarkable, interesting, amazing stories. I mean, my mom was a, you know, did all this, was in education, in education, but also translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew. She was a, a biblical school. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, so, right. yeah. So I'm the boring one. You're the boring one. I'm the boring one. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not, no one will ever say I'm the quiet one. Yeah, yeah, that's probably Yeah, fair. but I do have a twin sister, and when people meet my sister, we sound exactly the same, and our hand gestures and our mannerisms are the same. So when people meet... You know, like if you hear my sister at a ski race, you'll be like, that's Megan. Yeah, but it's right. not. It's my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We're switch gears a little bit here. So we've been talking about some heavy stuff and work mm-hmm. stuff. But you mentioned Feast of Saints Glasgow today. Yes. If you're feasting, uh-huh. what are you feasting on? What's your favorite? Mm, well, um, I would say Indian or Thai food. Mm-hmm. Pick, pick whatever off the menu and I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm feasting on Indian or Thai food. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I mean, you, 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 I mean, get me to an Indian buffet or a Thai buffet, and you're I'm good. a happy camper. Mm-hmm. Uh, feasting outside of food, right? Just activities, things you enjoy. If you're feasting on something you enjoy, what are you feasting on? Well, sort of interesting. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with some with Biz, who's the new counselor, who's amazing. Um, in um, council, in in she and Ashleen and I and. Um, Somebody else was there. Who was it that was there? Well, it doesn't matter. But we were chatting about um, whoever it was. I'm sorry. I can't remember. Um, the um, I'm, a, I'm a cancer, which means I'm a crab. And I was like, well, what does that mean exactly? And they said, well, I'm really home-related. Well, the reality is, like, I have a community, and, like, my whole life is that. Mm-hmm. And I sort of think about boarding school. And then I went to graduate school, where, like, your whole life is graduate school. And then, you know, so I'm sort of a whole life kind of a person. Mm-hmm. I've got a great family, so I spend a lot of time with family. I like um, crocheting. My guilty pleasure is TikTok. I've got some <laughs> remarkably nerdy little TikTok, you know, like sheepdogs and um, sheep shearing and crochet talk. And then, of course, social justice, a lot of social. Yeah. So that's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. But I don't have, I'm not a sort of hobby person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like a good afternoon nap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nap person. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and I love to cook. Yeah. Um, I love to break bread. I'm mean, actually, that's one of my things is I love making sourdough bread, oh, sourdough yeah. starter bread. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All great things. Yeah. All great things. Well, I've been peppering you for a while. I always offer the opportunity for you to ask questions of me. So what questions do you have for me? All right. How are you doing? <laughs> How, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, you've come to CSS at a time of, I mean, a big tra- I mean, not transition exactly, but we have big decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot. I mean, I can see from your, you know, f- from my vantage point, you got a lot on your plate. <laughs> big decisions with big consequences, yeah. managing a lot of people with a lot of things. How are you doing? Well, you know, I think so much of my response to that would be some of the things that we talked about during this, right? I mean, you have, you have a lot as well, right? Mm-hmm. And you talked about kind of how you manage and um, and 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 um, handle, you know, frustrations or you know, those kinds of things. For me, it's it's about the community. It's about the people that are around you. So again. I think as a leader of an area like enrollment and student affairs here, you 
you try to make sure you're resourcing and supporting the people that you need around you to get the mm-hmm. work done, right? So, and there's great people here. I mean, they've welcomed me and and my family as much as my family's yeah. been around as they we transition here. But you know, welcomed us in, and um, you know, I think the longer that I've learned, you know, when I you, you first become a leader and in, in step into a role, it's like I'm going to conquer, like I'm going to conquer the world, right? And you realize very quickly, like. You, you're. It was a leader. You're. I had to, had a hard time making the transition from doing the work to helping others do the work yeah. that you used to do. Yeah. Um, but once I, you know, and I continue to figure it. I don't think I have it figured. I don't think I'll ever have it figured out. But, but um, once you do that, you know, surround yourself with good people, resource them, treat them well, treat them how you want to be treated, and let them do their work right. right. And um, so it's kind of a roundabout direct answer. I guess how am I doing? I'm good. This week's been a week, right? Week. Of, for a variety right. Uh-huh. of different reasons uh-huh. we don't have to get into here, but um, but uh, yeah, you know, good place, beautiful place, beautiful people, and so work. what do you do mm-hmm. so to help ground your soul yeah. or make your soul happy when yeah. when things are good? What do you do to when things? Because oftentimes when we're when things are really hard, like yeah. when we have a week, yeah. it's hard to remember to do those things. When yeah. things are good, what yeah. are the things you do to help? Make your soul happy. Yeah, I, you know, I love, I love sport and being around mm-hmm. sport and things like that. So for me, you know, a lot of what, a lot of the 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 downtime from work sometimes mm-hmm. is even around work. People would say, yeah. "Well, you're still working." I, but, I, I completely get yeah, that. Right. But going, uh-huh. to, but going to a game or going to a, you know, a play, you know, a great mm-hmm. play that just kicked off right. here, or um, a concert, or you know, club crawl like we had yeah. the other night. Like it's just really fun to be around young people and their energy right that, for me that's just kind of fun to witness because mm-hmm. again i do see myself too like i like you like my check engine light is on more often than i would right. like uh-huh. it to yes. be, right the older i get but you know the, the place keeps it young but i like that when my wife and i get up, get up here too and my kids make fun of the fun of us for this we bought a subaru which they nice. think is like an old person yeah car. Uh-huh. and then We've got binoculars for Christmas because we want to nice. go bird watching. Okay. So our kids are like, oh my gosh, like, where's your, are you going to start eating dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon? You're and like, yes, probably, yes, yeah. probably, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Probably okay. Are. Do you know about Saxon Bog? Okay. No. I okay. Did, and do you know yet. about Hartley Nature, the Hartley Nature Center? Uh, not yet. Okay. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, all right. I know this is getting off, but um, there are two places you need to check out. Yeah. One is the Hart, Hartley, or um, not Hartley, Hawk Ridge. Yep. So Hawk Ridge, because of the size of the lake, in the fall, yep. there's a migration, and yep. they will go over, and it's like the most amazing birding yep. ever, and people yep. come from all over. Yep. There's also a place about an hour from here called Saxon Bog, mm-hmm. which is this bog that has some of, I mean, people come from all over yeah. to bird in that area. Yeah. So yeah. check them out. Yeah. You can join the little yeah. Facebook groups, right. follow the thing, and yeah. just nerd out. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, but I like you too, right? I mean, I've been blessed with a great family as well. So, and again, as our family has changed, it's been really interesting too. I mean, you, you've launched mm. one in the world. We've got mm. others now that are out on, even out of college. But um, the dynamics of your family changes, but you know, having your partner with you and just spending time like it, there's for me you don't I don't need much more than just sitting next to her right. and I, I mean I can yeah. be watching TV she can be reading a book that's exactly right. just yeah. the comfort of you know family's like a warm blanket yes, right absolutely so so a lot of that too is kind yeah. of a, you know what you do on the on the on the fringes yeah. of the craziness that is work so yeah. yeah 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 but it's like I mean there is I mean you and I are sort of similar in that the work is not you know people say would you do I mean 
clearly I'm grateful for the paycheck. Yeah. But I love the work. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's not yeah. for the money. It's yeah. for I love the lifestyle of yeah. this, yeah. and so it's part of the life. It's a life for me. Yeah, we've been in able. Many ways. To, we've been able to pick a career where we get paid to do something that we would be doing even if money wasn't yeah. an object. Right? Yeah. So that so that is really a, a blessing, and they have places like. You know, Scholastica, I would say no place is perfect for a variety of mm-hmm. different reasons, right? I mean, every place has its uglies. Right. And, um, you know, just like individuals, I think humans, we all have our uglies. Right. And, you know, how you navigate those. The crooked path piece yeah. is a really, really great analogy. And, uh, you know, I think for us, we try to take people with crooked paths and make them as straight as we can. But sometimes if you're trying to straighten something that's crooked, you can snap it as well. And that's no good either, right? right. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's great metaphors. Early the metaphor in my time, the, it's the metaphor time of the podcast, right? right. Now, so. Early <laughs> in my career, um, a very, very wise educator um, said to me, a woman named Liz Perry, mm-hmm. um, said to me, um, "Every institution has issues. Find an institution that where the issues are interesting to you, mm-hmm. right?" And so it's like, oh yeah, that's there are places where I'm not interested in the issues, right? I'm not interested in. Like, I won't say what I'm not interested in, but there are schools where I'm just like I am not interested in what their what their challenges are. Mm-hmm. Every institution has issues. Find one that where the in, in issues are deeply interesting and yeah, you know. And I think when you think you found a place that has no issues or minimal oh, issues, you you yeah you'll you'll find out really quickly that <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think an analogy or a statement I always make oftentimes people hear me say this is the grass may be greener on the other side, but it might be because of a septic so, tank, tank issue, issue. Right. right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's easy to do that, but you make, you make your own place as well. Right. right? And yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate throughout my career to be around, I think good places and good people and great mentors. I mean, which is, I know you try to be, yeah. again, you talked about the interns work, but I try to be as well, good mentors to cultivate leaders that are going to be in this profession long after we right. retire. Yeah, it's an important part of the work we do. There's a poem by Marge Piercy, um, To Be of Use, which is one of my favorites. Um, and one of the things I love about being at CSS is that the people here in student affairs in particular, but I think everywhere, but I mean, my our colleagues work their asses off, mm-hmm. right? And we'll just step into the work. And so if anybody hasn't read that poem, find it, To Be of Use. Yeah. It is, you know, I mean, to, to, to just step in and be like, what needs to be done? How do we do it? Let's yeah. be nimble. Let's work. Let's yeah. get her done. Um, that is a joy. Yeah. Um, and so the grass may be a little bit brown in places, yeah. but people are working their asses off. Yeah. And for the purpose of helping students. Yep. I'll join that team anytime. Yeah, and I think, you know, cultivating that type of background, right, that that bold and benedictine Mm -hmm. piece you were talking about, cultivating that in our graduates so they can go out into the corners Mm -hmm. of their world because, again, it's very challenging for one individual, right, to, 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 it's impossible for one individual to change a society, Mm -hmm. to change a culture, but, you know, lots of little voices, lots Mm -hmm. of little, (laughs) you know, movements Mm -hmm. in corners of the world do make a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's a world that needs, and it's a world that needs saints. We talk about that all the time too. And I think that if people experience being seen and known and loved and supported for who they are and all their humanness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that that is possible means that you can create that for other places. Yeah. So that that so people can go out and create that for other people. And 
you know, if we think about what we're called to do is to sort of love our neighborhood and love our neighbors, if we were to all do that Mm -hmm. in our sort of area, it would make a tremendous difference. And you think about sort of how light sort of transforms things like, you know, I have a a candle, Mm -hmm. I pass it to, you know, I I light somebody else's wick, they light somebody else's wick, they light somebody else's wick, and it can kind of create this transformational butterfly effect of goodness. And so, but it does take sort of the bold step in to say, so I believe in it very much. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else for me? Otherwise, I'm surprised it's been, you know, nearly 45 minutes where you've been sitting still. This is awesome. I know, there you go. I mean, I I switched from coffee to tea, just for the record. I was like, okay, Megan, I need to not sort of, I need to, so I left my coffee on my, on my thing and switched to herbal tea. So that's excellent. Um, No, yeah, I appreciate this. Yeah, I appreciate you. And, you know, Megan, I, I, you know, I've say this, I've said this, you know, publicly and, you know, let's say it here too. I think the, the, watching you work, um, the level of energy you bring to the work, the, the, the conscious thought you bring to the work that you do for me is inspiring and makes me want to be a better human being and leader. Um, so I, on behalf of all of the lives of the students that you touched here and throughout your career, again, thank you for what you do. Thanks for bringing that energy. Thanks for jumping in between the bus and students. Thanks for <laughs> dressing as Lady Liberty. Um, again, I think you know your your ripple of of influence um, it has made the world a better place. So thank you for being you and all you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's just. It's a joy to be here with everybody. Yeah, so excellent. Thanks. Well, we'll be back next week with another uh, another episode. But thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.